Assalamu alaikum, everybody. You are listening to Tech Sisters Stories. Tech Sisters is a community where we support Muslim women in tech through storytelling and sisterhood. My name is Grace, and this episode is so beautiful. Mashallah, Sharifah really lets herself be very vulnerable and honest about what she's experienced and her acceptance of herself. I know what's going to inspire a lot of you. Before we go on, I do have a favor to ask of all of you. If this episode has inspired you, or if any of the Tech Sisters episodes have inspired you, please leave us a rating or review. It would really help more people discover the podcast, and it helps me gauge how well I'm doing. Uh, I want to hear if you like it or if there's something else I should do. If you don't know how to leave a rating or review, I've included a link to some instructions that I put together. You should see it in the show notes. So there's instructions how to leave a review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, wherever you might be listening to this episode. And with that, let's go on and listen to Sherry Fats. They work. And everybody used to say she's going to be an engineer because I was literally unscrewing everything in the house, trying to get behind everything, trying to understand how everything works. Yeah. And so obviously... I was interested in how things were built. And luckily for me, my mom was a techie or is a techie. When I was going into university, my mom was a database administrator. So she's like, oh, yeah, you should totally do software engineering. It's how you build apps. And while I was younger, I already had like a lot of IT exposure, as you would mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. Because my mom is a techie. So I had a, com- I had a computer at home. I had internet at home. I was very much exposed to tech and I was good at it. And so you're going into university, she's like, oh yeah, you really should do software engineering. But I, I tend to just speak to a lot of people and try to, and I do, I did do a lot of research and I found out, well, software engineering is an aspect of computing. And I wanted to study something that was broader. And so I studied computer science and that's how I got into tech. Yes, Sapala, that's making me think of my kids since both my, myself and my husband are techies. They are exposed to a lot of tech all the time. <laughs> so uh, they kind of have it set in their future. So we're not pushing them to be doctors. We're pushing them to be on, on the computer. right? When I was going into university, they wanted software engineering. I actually went into my first year of university undecided. Yeah. Because my parents filled in software engineering in my application. But when Did I they? went for my induction, <laughs> I put in computer science. And the school just went, okay, we'll let you go through the first semester and know what you decide after. And I spent most of my first semester speaking to more senior students in the school and speaking to my dean just to understand what the difference is. And eventually I just picked computer science because I felt it gave me the broader view. And if I then decided that I wanted to master in software engineering, which is an aspect, I could into that. Yeah, so that's really interesting. So you're talking about how as your child, you really like having this good understanding of how things work and what's going on behind it. And you're carrying it through by looking at the broader picture. Are you still like that when you're at work today? Do you still like thinking about the broader, high level ways of how things work and how it goes together? Oh, yes, that's why I'm an architect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so just, again, just to build in on that. So I studied computer science. I started my career as a software developer. I was building web applications. I was building mobile applications. I learned how to build mobile applications on my own from reading a book. 
and then following through with the book and then going to my company to say, I can now build mobile I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> you want to start building mobile apps? And like, wow. So yeah, I still, I'm still very interested in that. And so I started as a software developer. I moved into consulting. I first started in this consulting, which was activist consulting, which was essentially, I'll shoot things work. You know, how do things work? You're going around and telling people you've set it up right. You've just set it up wrong. And I found that I got bored. Because I like to design a solution. I like to look at a problem, design a solution for it, watch the implementation of that solution happen, watch the solution come to life and watch the problems that I wanted to solve resolved. And I'm still very much doing a lot of that. Yeah, mashallah, that's that's having such a high level of ownership over the things that you're doing, right? Yeah, you'd say that. Or just enjoying the fun of it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So as you're going around and, and you're you're experimenting with different things and you're finding out what you like, what sort of challenges or setbacks did you encounter, if any? So in terms of challenges and setbacks, the biggest challenges for me are setbacks have been self, I'm going to say this, they've been self-inflicted. And I will say that because luckily, like I said, I started in computing. I had the opportunity to start programming early from like my first course in the university. And the biggest career challenge for me was when I started to move into consulting. And what that challenge was, was not speaking up for myself and trying to fit in. And what that meant is I then spent a few years of not being able to recognize myself anymore. As you may have detected by now, I'm very adventurous and I like doing things <laughs> and I like trying out new things. And when I got into consulting, I got into that, um, I fell into a ditch of thinking, or as a consultant, you need to be one way. Mm-hmm. And I was trying so hard to be that way and, you know, to fit into everybody's expectation. And it really failed. And what then happened is I went through my career. I went through a time of no satisfaction, very low satisfaction. And I wasn't progressing either because I was trying to please everybody. So I wasn't pleasing anybody. I wasn't pleasing myself. And so that was, so it's not a technical, <laughs> it wasn't a technical challenge, but that was a major challenge. And I started my consulting career in Nigeria and then I moved to the UK and that I, I, I still, I moved locations physically, but mentally I was still in the same ditch. And so I got to the UK and thought, oh yeah, more circles or more boxes to fit in. I also need to fit in the culture. I also need to be able to speak yeah. like them. And all of that pressure was just taking me away from me. And before I knew what was happening, I couldn't, I couldn't recognize myself anymore. I wasn't. I wasn't taking up challenges that I would have taken before. I wasn't being as outspoken as I used to be before. I basically didn't recognize myself anymore. And what that did for me is if I show my career, I like to show my career story as a sort of seismic chart. And there's a dip in personal satisfaction and also Mm -hmm. in growth because I was just a shadow of myself throughout Mm -hmm. that period. And then how did you come out of that? What was the the seismic shift? (laughs) A few things. A few things. So I, like I said, I love experimenting. That's I, I like learning new things, and I I am a big fan of mentoring. So it wasn't a formal mentoring, or and it wasn't a formal mentoring, but it was through some mentoring. The first thing that hit me was I figured that I wasn't I wasn't the right setting. I figured okay. that the environment wasn't right for me. And if I wanted to flourish as me, I needed to go to an environment where I feel comfortable being myself. The second thing was giving myself the permission to be me. 
that's who I am. I shouldn't try and suppress any of to fit in or to be accepted. So I needed to first fight that and accept myself, give myself a permission to be me in any space that I go into. And that realization started to come from me when I started to interact because when I moved to the UK, for example, it did really, really, it got really bad. And it was, I'd imagine it get worse. Yeah. It got worse. There are more boxes. Yes. And I didn't have friends here. I didn't oh. know anybody here except my husband. So it took me sort of joining networks, meeting other women, meeting other black women, meeting other Muslim women and talking to them. Because at some point I was even asking myself, is it that consulting wasn't right for me? But that's what I've always wanted to do. And that's what got me to start thinking, actually, there's nothing wrong with consulting and there's nothing wrong with you. You're just fighting you and you need to stop it and just be you. And that was when I started to thrive again. Well, mashallah, that's, that's really beautiful. You're wearing this mask that you had, no one put it on you. You're putting it on yourself to exactly. fit in. And then once you're able to feel comfortable enough to take it off, then everything started clicking. So rip it off. Rip it off and <laughs> throw it. it away. And throw it away. <laughs> Burn it. <Yeah. laughs> that's also interesting that you're pointing out feeling the need to fit in with the culture the work culture, being a consultant, even when you're in Nigeria. So that's not an issue of black being Muslim, but more of um, a, a different identity shift. Is that right? So being in consultant in Nigeria, one of the key challenges, one of the things that started the crisis for me was the fact that I needed to, I had to move from wearing a hijab and covering my neck hmm. to using turbans. And I didn't like wearing turbans. Really? So I went in every day not feeling like myself. And that was a lot of pressure for me. And if I went back, if I had to go back in time, I wouldn't do that again for any job. It seems like it's just taking your scarf off. But for me, I started wearing hijab when I was very little. So I actually don't remember when in my life I started. And because I liked this job, because I had the skills, because I wanted to go into consulting, I did all of my interviews with my hijab on. And after my offer, I was told, well, you can't dress this way. It was the fact that I couldn't dress as myself. I couldn't wear a long skirt or a maxi dress if I wanted because it didn't fit into the dress code. That had a very high impact on my self-confidence because I went in every day not feeling like myself. And, you know, it's like having a veil in your bag and wanting to cover up after you come out. Oh, oh. But, yeah, that was, that, I think that was, the, that was the start for me, just not being able to be myself. Or on the yeah. outward, I wasn't myself, so I wasn't feeling like myself internally either. Oh, I can really, I can really empathize and understand this. It's, and it's starting with something that, from an outside perspective, they wouldn't think it's a big deal. Your hair is still covered, but it's just a different way of tying it. But the, it's such a fundamental part. It becomes such a fundamental part of our identity. You, know, you can't imagine wearing it that different way. It, like he's wearing trousers instead of having a long skirt. Is it's and then having that, it just feels like you're not in your own skin, right? Exactly. The words yeah. out of my mouth. I, 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 mean, I, still say, I still say to my husband, oh, I found that. that one year or it was one year of feeling like going out of the house, feeling like I wasn't in my own skin, feeling like somebody else and feeling like I needed to do it. Yeah. Because I didn't yeah. challenge it. Beautiful, the attachment that we can get to the scarf, especially when we're wearing it for so long and it, you know, uh, uh, who we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
I don't even remember the like. <laughs> so it's not, I don't even it's remember not, like the feeling of wind in my hair. <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't necessarily the skin color or the accent, but it was still a part of me that I had to suppress. Yeah. To yeah, fit yeah. in. And so now that you're, like you said, you threw away the mask, burned it, and you're accepting of yourself, and you're starting from that way. How are you feeling? Because those boxes are still existing, but now you feel you don't have to to fit yourself into them. And how's that perspective shift? I feel like I'm flying. I feel free. I feel like me. And that is very empowering, guys. It's very empowering. Because work is, I love, I love what I do. You might have noticed from how I talk about it. Yeah, I have. (laughs) (laughs) But it can be stressful. Imagine having to deal with the stress and the intricacy and all the decisions that you need to make at work and all the planning, all the work that you have to do and also having to deal with, I need to be one way. Do I sound British or not? Or are they going to listen to me because I'm a woman? For me, because I'm in tech, I'm lucky now because now I'm in, at Accenture, there's so many women. It's a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit more balanced. There's more diversity. But I've also worked somewhere where it was not balanced at all and I was sort of like the first black person the first Muslim woman the it's first all on your shoulders exactly the first woman to have a child yeah. uh yeah I know this one <laughs> exactly getting rid of all this pressure what it's allowed me to is to focus on what I want to do focus on yeah I want to solve problems for my clients I want to help them fix their data mess I want to help them see data as an asset I can focus on that I'm able to focus on that and I'm able to do that I mean, I feel like in the past, in the last two years, I've had growth in my career that I couldn't have imagined. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. And I know that it's with the help of Allah. I am good. I write a letter to my rub. I do that too. Every Ramadan. (laughs) And I look over all the old ones. We're from the same same group. So I'm one of those people (laughs) that write letters to my rub every Ramadan as well. (laughs) <laughs> and it's amazing how it comes to manifestation. Yes, subhanAllah. And then you start thinking, I actually didn't do that. It was my dua. So yeah, it, it's been a lot of duas, but I've seen myself thrive as who I am. Mm-hmm. And what I love the most about being able to walk in the room as myself and be myself is the fact that I am keeping that door open for the next woman that's like me. And yes. keeping that door open for the next Muslim woman and keeping that door open for the next black woman and keeping that door open for the people. I see myself as myself. I see myself as representing my dean, representing my culture, representing my country, representing my family and being able to just be me and still make this progress, be me and be successful and show people what people that look like me or people that speak like me or people that dress like me are capable of knowing all the stigma around the identity for me that's yeah. empowering that's that's satisfying for me so for for every win in my head i'm like yes the next time this person sees a muslim woman at an they wouldn't think because she covers her hair she's not yeah. capable there's a double side to that though it's a really positive mindset that pushes you to greatness but at the same time when you fail which naturally happens it can feel even harder because now it's not just me failing what is everyone else going to think? Oh, that's very true, Grace. That <laughs> is very true. And let me tell you what's helped me to overcome that fear. Because success is not for me. I put in the effort, but you know, I don't determine the success. The determiner determines the success. 
Um, so it's not yeah. up to me. It's up to me to make the effort and to do it excellently. And it's up to me to have trust and rely on Allah for what the result is. Yes, 100%. Yeah, subhanAllah. I I often leave things up to Allah. I'll, I will say in my Ramadan letter, I'm going to be doing the best I can. But I trust him is with you. And if it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. Alhamdulillah, it's all good. And just see what happens and just have this positive outlook that whatever comes out of a result of what I was doing was meant to happen. And you know, sometimes what I say when I'm striving for something is I actually make the word to say, if this is not good for me, keep me away from it. Keep me away from it. When I go forward for promotion and I don't get it, I'm like, yeah, because you don't need it. Was it meant to be? Yep. It wasn't meant to be. You don't need it right now. Yeah. And if I go on a project and the project doesn't go through, because that project wasn't meant to be. So it's, I don't see it as failure that would make the next woman look bad. It's how you, and this is something I've learned from one of my mentors that is not even Muslim, is how you rise from that failure. She got me started with thinking about the power of being vulnerable and accepting vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And accept that you're not the determiner of your success. She's not even Muslim. But. There is a power in how you, if you've never failed, the first time you fail, it would be daunting. Mm-hmm. But it's how you rise from those speed bumps. <laughs> it's how you get over the speed bumps and how you rise from them. And subhanAllah, as Muslims, that's one of, that's one of the blessings that we have, the blessing of knowing that it's not if it doesn't happen or if it doesn't go the way you want, it's because it's not meant to be. We have that perspective. And we know that when we fall down, we have trust that Allah is never gone from us. It's never gone we from always us. have him watching from us and helping yep. us and listening to us and responding to us. Alhamdulillah. And let's transition because I know that this is a really big part of your work and what you do. What does mentorship mean for you? Why is this such a big passion of yours? Oh, mentorship is everything for me. What it means for me is, you know, You can't aspire to what you can't see. For me, I haven't had a limit to my aspiration. And it's because those things I've aspired to are visible to me, which then means that there are things that are not visible to me that I cannot aspire to or I've not aspired to. Back in Nigeria, there are a lot of women, a lot of girls that didn't have the opportunities that I had. So they wouldn't be able to aspire beyond what they can see. Mm-hmm. And that was where mentoring started for me. I was lucky. Like I said, my mom was a techie. I had access and an understanding of what I could do with tech from a very young age. I mean, when, at first I was like, oh, I want to be an aeronautic engineer. I want to be a submarine engineer. I went through that phase. Yeah, everything. Of everything. But I was able to, I mean, I started playing around with computers. I loved it. I, when everybody was feeling daunted with programming in Java, my mom was like, Java is easy. <laughs> Mashallah. That was what powered me to go through. Even when people started dropping out of computer science to say Java was hard, my mom was like, Java's not hard. It's easy. <laughs> and just that one, it's not hard, it's easy meant if mom can do it, I can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so my husband as well was my career mentor, mashallah. When I met him when I was in uni. She didn't get married until years after, but he was already working in the industry. And I could just mm-hmm. talk to him about what I planned to do for my project. And mm-hmm. he would let me know, this is the programming language I'm learning now. And he would let me know, well, people don't use this in the industry anymore. <laughs> this is more valuable. So, yeah. 
So <laughs> set your priorities right. And that's where the, that's the vibe I've enjoyed so far. It's not been formal. Even at work, having a woman who's had three kids, she's sailing at work and she's sailing <laughs> at home and seeing that it's possible for me to sail in both places and, you know, learning from her. That's what the power of mentoring has been for me. And my passion about mentoring is providing that same opportunity to other women. Because, well, I can't mentor you on anything beyond what I know. But what I know and what I, the heights that I know that we could reach as a sisterhood, making that available for you to let women, other women like me know that it's accessible and they can reach it. What's something that you're most proud of that you've done over your tech career? I think what I've been most proud of certainly this year was how much I have invested in my personal development. Yeah. Yeah, I can talk about it. <laughs> For me, I mean, I haven't mentored people a lot. I haven't been so active in helping other people. You yeah. can easily almost forget to help yourself. Definitely. And as women, mothers, we know that we're always given and we forget to refill our cup. And what I'm most proud of this year is that I had gone on. So I'm currently doing a, transform- a personal rapid transformation program. I also hired a career coach earlier this year to help nice. with communication. And when I talk about that, people will probably wonder why the hell is Sheriff hiring a career coach? What does she need to do to be better? Or what does she need to know more? But that was because I actually did a self-evaluation and which I always encourage people to do and understand that there are, there were vulnerabilities that I wasn't accepting that I was sort of covering up with false confidence. And for me, Definitely. Yeah. Mashallah. I'm really happy that you did that. And I think you having that experience of taking off the mask and being comfortable who you are has allowed you to be open to something like this. Yeah, it did. Yep. (laughs) What's something or someone that you're very grateful for over your tech journey? There's a list. It's sounding like your husband's at the top because you've mentioned it. My husband is the one person that I am most grateful for. And And your mom. Two of them, and my mom. My Mm. mom for giving me the opportunity and for, you know, when everybody says it's hard, for telling me it's easy. I don't know if she really meant it or if she just said it to encourage me. She's psyching you out, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But definitely my mom and my husband because he's been, he's been not just been my career mentor before we got married, but even... Just the support to moving here and, you know, the days when I'm like, nobody here has a child or has a baby. <laughs> I don't know what to do with me. And I'm ringing him up and like, and he's going like, well, I'm not a woman, but then he's speaking to, <laughs> he's speaking to, he's speaking to like the women at his own company, yeah. asking how they're sorting this things oh. out and, you know, letting me know that's this person, that's that person. This is what they do. This is how they do it. And, you know, just having that person at home that I could ring up when I'm struggling with when I'm struggling with tech, but I could also ring up when I'm struggling with Wow, so useful. Career. <laughs> exactly. It's like I have my only one yeah. next door. Just go ask him. But alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah. I'm very thankful and grateful to have him. Alhamdulillah, that's really beautiful. It sounds like a really lovely relationship you two have. Mashallah. Is there anything else that we've left out? Right now, there's so many, so many, so many Muslim sisters wanting to go into tech. It is exciting. I was starting to acknowledge that tech is a good place to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just because I like tech. What <laughs> I would say is 
be you, come in as yourself. I mean, it was a reawakening advice I got from somebody who leads, she leads Accenture Europe, Data and AI, and she's one of my unofficial mentors. And I said to her when I joined Accenture, oh, how do I fit into the culture? And she said, fit in. You don't fit in. You stand mm. out. So every Muslim woman looking to come into tech, don't suppress you. Be you. Stand out. Be yourself. Represent you because nobody else will. That's going to be the title of this episode. I know. <laughs> I'm joking, but yeah, that's probably going to be it. <laughs> no, it's going to sound like I'm giving a stance. But truly, I mean, right now, that's, that's what I'm saying to everybody. Like, everybody, everybody that comes to me for mentoring right now, they're yeah. probably going to giggle when they hear this. The first thing I ask you to go do when you tell me you want to do a career in tech or you want to do something in it is, so I'm not a very big fan of tests, but I was still neither. <laughs> I would still ask you to do a strength assessment and at least understand what your personal strengths are. That's if you don't know them already. And I will ask you to, I mean, just do a values assessment. What are your values? Discover them because you need to make sure that your values and whatever you're passionate about. You don't lose them in the name of pursuing a career. You need to know what's very important to you because you find a career, it might pay you well, but if it's in conflict with what's most important to you, you wouldn't find satisfaction. That's usually where I start from with my mentees. Absolutely. Mashallah. I, I feel like you and I can just talk for a long time. Um, I'm, <laughs> I've had some really fun time talking with you, Mashallah. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. This was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> and right now that's that's what I'm saying to everybody. Like everybody everybody that comes to me for mentoring right now, they're yeah. probably going to giggle when they hear this. The first thing I ask you to go do when you tell me you want to do a career in tech or you want to do something in it is so I'm not a very big fan of tests, but I was still me ask, neither. <laughs> I would still ask you to do a strength assessment and at least understand what your personal strengths are. That's if you don't know them already. And I will ask you to I mean, just do a values assessment. What are your values? Discover them because you need to make sure that your values and whatever you're passionate about, you don't lose them in the name of pursuing a career. You need to know what's very important to you because you find a career, it might pay you well, but if it's in conflict with what's most important to you, you wouldn't find satisfaction. That's usually where I start from with my mentees. Absolutely. Mashallah. I, I feel like you and I can just talk for a long time. Um, I'm, <laughs> I've had some really fun time talking with you, Mashallah. Thank you very much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. This was really nice. <laughs> and there we are. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this story. Please consider following us and leaving a review if you liked the episode or if Tech Sisters has in any way helped inspire you. Let me know what was your favorite part of today's show, what was something you learned, what really got to your heart. I love hearing everybody's feedback and I love hearing what you gained from the episode, so it would really make me happy. That's all from me. I'll see you next week. Salam.